Welcome to Reforming Slavics. My name is Nick, and we have the special guest Tom, <laughs> ordinary guest, I guess. The the co-host. Uh, today we're talking about healing, and we were just um, wanting to really talk about our experiences, some sketchy ones, some interesting ones in regards to when we were at youth and time. You were just talking about a story about uh, your time at SMBS, and uh, there are people who treat healing. Um, with reverence and acknowledge that healing does exist and happen today. Some people deny the gift of healing as though that, you know, God, God only heals through, like, I think all Christians believe that God heals through, through miraculous works. Like all Christians believe that God can still heal. Yeah. Of course. Um, but to the extent that God heals is a different conversation. Yeah. And, whether, whether a Christian could actually possess a gift, like an actual, like be a healer. Uh, and maybe in the same terms of like, Peter was uh, miraculously healing people with his shadow or something crazy like that. Yeah, so when we were way back in youth, uh, I think it was like say six years ago, maybe maybe seven or eight, uh, there was a group of people who came from either one of the coast, coastal states, either Washington and Oregon, or Oregon, and they came to youth and they asked if anybody wanted healing because they were... Um, that was their ministry. They came and prayed for people to get healed. And so we gathered in this classroom at church, and what happened was uh, they prayed for us, and I believe one of, guy, one of the guys I was telling you, he either snapped when he finished praying, uh, as though that was the conclusion, almost like a hypnotist would snap, and you know, you'd hop out of your hypnotism. What? And uh, I re- recall there were multiple people um, who claimed that they were healed. In fact, they, they were so strongly convinced that they were healed that... Um, a couple of people either took off their glasses, a person broke their glasses, like, I'm done, I'm healed, praise God. And um, today they're wearing glasses, right? And so... So they lost their healing? I, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think they, ever, they were healed. But at the moment, there's this phenomenon where you truly believe that, hey, God has healed me. I'm going to take off my glasses, I'm done, praise God, right? And uh, there are quite a bit of explanations that people can give in regards to, hey, now you're wearing glasses. And it wasn't as though, you know, years later they started wearing glasses. It was like the next day they're like, oh, you know, kind of need my glasses now. And so um, I was, man, I don't know if I was always skeptical of healing. I've always heard of healing, but I've very rarely witnessed it in our Pentecostal church. And so, um, I mean... You're talking about like supernatural I'm talking events. about I'm talking about person's gonna die of cancer stage four and t- the next day they get prayed for and cancer's gone right yeah I've, I've definitely heard testimonies and I'm not denying those testimonies but that experience alone where people claim to be healed truly believe they were healed and then the next day their their eyesight's the same was a little too common was a little too common and, and a little too it, it doesn't jade you it makes you um, try to study and figure out what what's really going on and how often do these people go around praying at churches do this? Yeah, where they have actual healing ministries. Yeah, you were just telling me about a story that you have happened at, that happened to you at what missionary school? Yeah, I mean at SMBS, you know, same thing happened, kind of in the thing where the preacher says, you know, raise your hand if you were healed, and. Honestly, I I felt something. Like, I literally felt something physical happen to my shoulder. I don't know if it was my knee or my shoulder. What was wrong? What was wrong with it? Was it just pain or? Yeah. I mean, I've I've always had, like, 
pain from my shoulder from volleyball. And I think I also had prayer for my knee, but it didn't get, I didn't feel anything for my knee. But my shoulder, I literally felt some like kind of warm sensation. And I, I was convinced I was healed as well. Um, and then the next day or the next week, you know, I still felt, I still felt pain, but I literally felt something warm. But now that I think about it, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but when you think about it, when someone puts their hand on your shoulder, usually there's warmth. Like if you were just to put your hand right now onto your shoulder or to your knee, if you keep it there for 30 seconds, you know, we usually Pentecostals would pray for, you know, a good few minutes. Eventually you would feel a little bit of warmth or something like that. And but that's not to discount like literally if people have felt like weird like uh sometimes it's just uh like a bodily or a mental effect that your body has when you're thinking about a certain body part yeah it, it, i mean we, i mean you ever heard of like a what's the effect that people they give drugs to certain people and it's uh placebo effect yeah placebo effect yeah and that 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 tends to be a, like a real phenomenon that occurs where people get a you know a sugar pill and then all of a sudden they actually do feel better yeah and they were told that it was actually a a drug that would that was that was actually a legit drug right yeah and i mean we also see the the youtube videos of people like todd wide walker walking around just making people's legs grow all of a sudden you know and um i mean it brings up you know the the classic question is like well if you're such a if you believe in healing of that, please visit all the children's hospitals in the United States, right? And there are some, you know, common responses to that are like, well, you just don't have enough faith, right? And I'd give props to Bill Johnson. We were just talking about him that he does. So Bill Johnson does claim that it is God's will to heal everybody, but he does make it a lot more nuanced where he says, well, I wouldn't say that it's, if someone isn't healed, it's not because of the lack of their faith. It's just maybe uh, he he doesn't have an explanation of why, right? Yeah. So we always have these encounters with people who are. <laughs> I, I I made this reference, and I don't. The reference isn't to um, how would I put it? To offending you, but um, a lot of healers or faith healers or people who claim healing is. Right there, just pray for and God just heals everybody, and it's God's will to heal for everybody. Are almost as though uh, I would compare him to the um, hype people who hype NFTs or people who get your get rich quick ideas. I want to say schemes, but ideas, you know. And it's like you know, if you just do this right now, this this magical thing is going to happen, or God's yeah. going to do this miraculous thing. Almost, it will happen. Almost like they're putting it into a formula. Yeah, and, and it turns out to not be the case. I mean, if you just look statistically, um, you know, e- even uh, Richard Bonke, who was a missionary and evangelist, Reinhardt, my bad. Yeah. Um, and he he had like 100,000 people get healed. Every or, You know, he paid for a thousand one person to get healed. Right. And so um, there, there there's nuance in the way God heals. Now, the stemming of this theology, right? Where does the theology that, hey, it is God's will to always heal come from? We were just talking about Isaiah 53, verses 11 and 12, right? And yeah. let's uh, say, by your stripes we are healed. Yeah, in Isaiah 53, 5, um, let me find it. 
But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. People say that the atonement actually guarantees the healing of all believers, meaning that it is God's will to always heal. Now, here here are some problems that I see with that, and um, I don't know how... uh, the perspective can solve them. If a person truly believes in Christ and is saved, then the imputed righteousness from the righteousness of Christ is imputed meanings is given to the person who believes, and they are now justified before the Father. And if uh, we believe that also the crucifixion of Christ and the death of Christ also heals his wounds heal all those who believe, then how is it possible for there to be believers who are not healed or who have um, illnesses that they're suffering from at the moment, right? Are they are they taking away the righteousness of Christ from them as well as the healing? Because if Christ died both for your healing and for your righteousness, mm-hmm. Don't you don't aren't, is it aren't both granted to you? And if one isn't there, why is the other one there? Like, if you're a Christian who is sick, doesn't that by logic guarantee that you're not a Christian, right? Well, does does uh, you being forgiven account on whether you believe or not? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, your the faith that you have is, I mean, faith is the thing that. Yeah, for without proves faith, that we have righteousness. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yeah, that's what Hebrews says, and obviously, it says then you have you have you must believe that He is, you must believe that God is. Yeah, and this is obviously a bigger belief than just believing that God there's a God, but that you believe that God is the God that forgives you in through Christ Jesus. It, Romans, the righteous shall live by faith. That was the that was the whole boom of the Reformation with Martin Luther. You know, he recognized that there are no works to be done. It is through faith that righteousness is applied, and we are saved and uh, by the righteousness of Christ, and we just trust in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what happens is when what happens when you say it is God's will to always heal, and that healing is purchased for you at the atonement. And it is God's will for all those who believe in him to be healed and not to be sick. That leads us to a place where if you believe in Jesus Christ and you're not healed, you don't have an answer for what's going on. Yeah. Because then, look, then you must say that the person that believed that his sins are completely forgiven and that believes, oh, it's always God's will to heal and that I am completely healed right now. And then there's a disconnect when their body is still yeah. pain, in pain and hurting. You must, uh, you're either going to be completely despaired because then it must be something on your fault because then it's not God's fault, right? God is never, can't sin. He can't do something wrong. Then ultimately, whose fault is it? The only person you could point to is possibly your fault. Yeah, there's a dissonance there. And a bigger problem is um, the, the question arises, does God actually send or purpose sickness and illness and disease yeah is he does he is he in control of um like of the sickness like especially when it comes down to your last sickness that is one sickness that you'll never be healed of is your last one because ultimately it will be the one that kills you if you die if obviously you die of natural causes well natural causes tend to happen because there's a great death is a curse that 
uh, you know, was given to the earth because of sin. It was it was the consequence of sin. And so, I mean, all people die from something: mm-hmm. aneurysm, heart attack, heart disease, yeah. pneumonia. One thing, one thing that I, because of I've had this debate with other friends from Bible school about this. One thing I don't like when people say is. Uh, that person died of old age. I understand it's a way to uh, uh, maybe make the le- the 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 situation a little bit uh, easier. But technically, like I hate being so technical. But the reason I have to be technical is because then I'll be like, well, wasn't it God's will for that person to die on a certain day, and that person died of cancer? Then you must say in conclusion that it was God's will that that person wasn't healed. Like, obviously, he is going to be healed in heaven. Yeah. Right? We, Nobody dies of old age. That's my point. Yeah, going back to <laughs> Isaiah 53, um, Marcy Sproul uh, talks about this. Um, the reality that by his wounds are healed is a reality. It just doesn't occur and doesn't match the experience of all the saints, you know, that lived from the establishment of the church to now the saints who suffered pestilence and the Black Plague during the Middle Ages and smallpox um, when they came to the States and, and all the um, nasty diseases that occurred to all the Christians who lived in London with um, Jardia and, and just, just the, you know, all the diseases, uh, recently COVID, there are Christians who were not healed from COVID and died and went to the Lord. Um, you know, and so we, we would have to, ask the question, did God purpose those things? Is God in control of granting not only the strength for them to deal with their last moments, but also the thing that took those people out, right? Because truly, if we, bo- if, if we dig a little deeper, those people who believe that it's always God's will to heal must believe that it's never God's will that person, someone gets sick. It is an outside source, a, something that's outside of God, that well, the, um, the devil, the devil who you know presents uh, sickness and disease, and um, that's really difficult to match with scripture because in uh, multiple cases, you know, God purposes sickness and pestilence and disease um, and famine. Right when when Joseph comes to Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh sees a dream. Joseph says, "God will give you seven years of plenty." And then God will take away and you'll have seven years of famine. Mm-hmm. When Moses is speaking to Pharaoh, he says, God will send pestilence and plagues and all these things. When Israel sins, God wipes out thousands of people through plague. When uh, Miriam and Aaron disobey Moses, God sends leprosy. And so we see... Moment after moment after moment after moment, God purposes and sends pestilence, disease, leprosy, you know, in moments where he judges rightly. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Yeah, and even in the New Testament, it says that Jesus um, sends, you know, the the woman, uh, cast, cast the woman into a sickbed. You know, I think specifically talking about Jezebel. Yeah, and, and well, people are going to debate Revelation, the apocalypse are allegorical or they're symbolic, and so there's, you know, there's inter- room for interpretation. Yeah. But, I mean, even in the Old Testament, the, the 
God doesn't change. And the texts are so clear and, and plain. Uh, so it's really challenging to uh, people who don't believe it is God's will to send sickness or disease. Now, what is God's purpose for sickness or disease? And are sickness and disease actually bad things? Yeah, they're horrible things. God doesn't... Um, God doesn't didn't create these things in order to punish humanity and and um, desire f- desire for these people to suffer and get pleasure out of it. But yeah. God uses them as tools in order to further His plan and purpose. And, and Christians do get sick, and Christians die from sicknesses and disease. And uh, God has meaning in that and purpose in that through suffering. You know, obviously, it's going to take. Uh... Like, I don't think any Christian will deny that suffering or any kind of suffering uh, or trials or tri- tribulation will, uh, won't happen, right, in this Christian life. They will happen, and the Bible says it's because it's to make you more like Christ. And then, but if you don't believe that uh, the sickness is part of it, then you'll have to exclude that a category completely. Um, which is a difficulty because I think there is, you know, places in the New Testament that are very clear that it was not God's will for Timothy to be supernaturally healed uh, of the stomach ailment, but instead to take wine as a blessing, you know, as a, as a way to cure him. You know, Apostle Paul doesn't say, hey, you know, just... Just use the gift of healing and lay, put your hand on your stomach and just rebuke it or something like that and you will be healed. He's like, no. Uh, <laughs> the, the kingdom of God is so much more complicated. It's not a formula of healing that we could just do by snapping our fingers or something like that. Yeah, but, but God does heal. I mean, all Christians believe that God is capable, is willing, and does, in fact, heal people from... Stage four cancer, where they have a month left to live. Yeah. God uh, heals miraculously from you know comas, and God heals. I mean, there there are no areas where God isn't capable of miraculously, supernaturally, actually saving someone's life in a way where it's medically unexplainable. I mean, if you don't believe that God does miracles today, I wouldn't categorize you as a Christian at all. Yeah, I mean, like even even the cessationists. There's this uh, straw straw man argument to say, oh, well, there's certain people today that don't believe that miracles don't happen. There's not a Christian that believes that. Yeah, cessationists don't believe in the gift of healing as it is appointed at one specific individual. He has the power at will to snap his fingers and uh, create a miracle. Yeah. Um, They do believe in prayer for the saints and through prayer, you know. Yeah. And through faith asking God to miraculously heal some people. And I, I was going to ask you about that, going back to the idea that a lot of these people who travel around or even have ministries of healing, how do they how do they process that? Do they believe that they have the power of healing? Um, yeah, I mean, I would assume so. Um, I don't know if you remember in the in the book of Acts, uh, people would literally said the book the the town would flock to to Apostle Paul or Apostle Peter. Sorry, they'd flock to Peter because they heard that he had a he had a he had a 
uh, like you know sp- special special gift uh, remember that person died i forget who tabitha it was. i believe no she was she was a woman who was renowned and she had gifts in acts and uh, the people were crying they were showing uh peter the gifts that she had made for them like the garments she had made for him and mm-hmm. he went in and he healed her yes i remember that story don't remember her name yeah i think i don't know for sure but anyway it says that the people heard that peter was close or something like that and that hey and so that's what some people literally will do is they'll travel the country to this person's church to seek a uh, certain healing, you know? Yeah. And which I is, which is, I mean, you just, the Bible says that, you know, if someone is sick in your congregation and James lay your hands on him and pray, have the prayer faith to, to heal someone. Yeah. Call the elders. They will anoint you with oil and pray. The, 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 you know, the prayer of righteous man availeth much. Um, but there, I mean, you brought up the topic of, um, you know, Peter raising, the woman from the dead, and uh, sadly, we had recently a couple of circumstances where um, there were—I don't remember which church it was—but there was a church who had a um, little girl pass, you know, pass into eternity, and they spent a couple of days praying for her, believing that she'd be resurrected from the dead. Um, yeah, it was Tabitha. Uh, do you sorry. do you recall that story? Um. There was a there was a young girl who died. I'm not sure, but I've heard stories like this, even in the, you know, Bill Johnson's church. There was a girl, um, who was also. Also had passed away, and they were literally praying for her to be resurrected. I, I believe it was the same story I'm talking about, oh. and, and it just puts a dynamic of, you know, what's going on through the parents' head. Obviously, it's sad, and they want their kid back. Are you giving uh, people false hope? Um, and if this resurrection doesn't occur, um, what really happened, right? And if you don't have any answers, then what is your premises on doing those things to begin with? So it's 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 a territory where people get really emotional because of you know obviously sickness and pain and death are things that hurt and they affect us all. It's interesting, but like, what's that difference between now and then? Because when I'm reading Acts 9, it says, Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter arose and went to them. And he went there in the upper room, and all this widow stood beside them, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all aside and knelt down and prayed, and turning to her body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And then he gave his hand and raised her. So, like, what gives, like, do you think... I don't know, like, Peter had these, uh, or as, like, the people sought out certain people, you know, to actually pray for this woman that they knew had already died, right? Yeah, there was an instance, I don't recall which apostle, but also in Acts, there was a washcloth that was given. And yeah, it, Peter. And Peter, right? And it, and it healed an individual. Now, 
that's where you get into different theologies of a did the apostles have certain unique giftings to establish the church in order to you know spread the gospel as a foundation uh, the apostles had these supernatural abilities and after that they had ceased or do uh, Christians have the same abilities today. They just occur less frequently because it's you know God's will to act in, in certain ways. Um, and the other question that arises is that, is the book of Acts an actual blueprint and a explanation or a example of how the church is supposed to function today? I mean, I personally, I, I, I can't, I can't separate the fact that Acts, the, the book of Acts, you know, in chapter two, the church is actually established. And from then on, the church operates and functions in the same way that it should today. Now, that does not mean that, you know, we're going to see healing left and right and people getting resurrected from the dead. In fact, um, you know, throughout, if you read the Old Testament, you had one miracle, 400 years, another miracle, 200 years, another miracle. And so, isn't the book of Acts also kind of spread out? Because we read it like a novel, and sometimes we think, oh, this happened uh, day by day. But oftentimes, throughout the act, the book of Acts, there is years between chapters. Yeah. And obviously, there was times where Peter literally would he, it says that he would walk in the, the shadow. People were, try, were getting healed from the, his shadow. So obviously, there was crazy, like, supernatural times. But even... Even the writer of the book of Acts, Luke, recognized that as he wrote that. Yeah, there was a unique time in history. But at the same time, I can't, there's no scriptural basis for me to say that um, the church should function in a different manner than it did back then, other than a couple of exceptions. One being the canon was not yet written, meaning the New Testament Gospels and the New Testament Epistles and the book of Revelation had not yet been written, written right? So there wasn't that information out there, but the preaching came from the Old Testament and the eyewitnesses, the eyewitness accounts that were later written down. So in a sense, like, yeah, the gospels were not written down, but they had something just as good as the gospels. The people who gave the account from which the gospel was written, right? Mm -hmm. It was, it was the same information that we have today. It was just in person. Like the people spoke the gospel, but also um, there is an argument to be made that the foundation of the church was laid once and that, God, you know, Pentecostal happened, the Pentecostal experience where, you know, the gifts came down and the church started, there was an initial birth of the church and that doesn't happen every day. There's one time the church is born and then it continues to develop and grow and, and prosper uh, mm-hmm. like a mustard seed into a tree. And so, I mean, there's discussions to be had, but it's difficult for me to say like that we should function any differently than the New Testament saints did. Yeah. Uh, Well, obviously people would argue that if we're supposed to be exactly like the, you know, if the Acts was a foundation or an example of what we're supposed to do, or Jesus is an example of what to do, then why, why don't we be like Jesus? Go throughout towns and have... Like, heal everybody in the town. Because you are not Jesus. But they would say, these great these works you will do that are even greater than I. In John 14. Yes, that <laughs> Jesus does, does say, works like these and, and greater you will do. 
and a lot of people say that that meant that the miraculous, specifically miraculous gifts that Jesus gave to people, like the healings and the casting out of demons and the resurrection from the dead of multiple people, Lazarus and the centurion's daughter, was it the daughter, right? There, there were multiple resurrections that occurred. Yeah. With Jesus. What we're talking about is uh, John fourteen twelve. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. And people, and so, and so the thing is, says, whoever believes in me, I will do the works that I do, and greater than these. But then you would have to actually flush that out and think, okay, is this talking about actual like supernatural, uh, physical miracles? Because Jesus walked on water. I don't know. Have you ever seen or had? known anybody else that walked in water well maybe peter uh did uh right churning wine to water or water into water wine. to wine yeah the, the opposite of that is not really attractive right wine into water <laughs> <laughs> yeah and today no one has able been able to do that or even the greatest miracle is the bible literally says that that Jesus rose himself from the from the dead. Conquered death and hell. Yeah. Uh, is there any greater miracle than that? No. Uh, the purpose of the greater works can be a few things, which I think would be a lot more reasonable. Uh, greater works, some people will say that that is actually the spread of the gospel and the, the evangelism of the cross. Because Jesus, he, he did... Uh, he preached the gospel, but he didn't specifically go into the details of the cross. He left his apostles to do the details of explaining the cross. Yeah, Paul writes that the mystery of the cross was revealed, and it was revealed through yeah. the death of Christ. And once that occurred and he was resurrected from the dead. So the greater works can be the actual message of the cross, or it could actually be the spread and the actual location that he did it. Because Jesus only spread... He only uh, did his ministry in Judea, Judea and Samaria. Samaria. But he says, you will do, uh, he talks to the apostles and he says, you'll be witnesses to me in Samaria and to the and even to beyond. Yeah, right? J- Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yeah. To all nations and all people groups. So I think a lot more, I think a lot better thing is probably the scope and the actual message that they're going to do is greater. And it's because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and they, those, those, um, missionary trips that Paul had and Peter had were accompanied by miracles. Let's not deny that. And were accompanied by the casting out of demons. Let's not deny that as well. But were they greater miracles than no, what Jesus weren't. did? No. Yeah. They, they they were they were done through the whole the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. The same power, the same ability to move yeah. was in Christ and, and through Christ, right? The Spirit of God moved through Christ. Same spirit moved through all the apostles. It was it was God doing the work through his through his disciples. Yeah, and I think a better a bigger point is said through this through this John fourteen twelve because it says whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than I will do, because some people will say, well, that means that certain people will have gifts will be have gifts of healing, like literally they'll be healers and they'll do greater works. 
But this is whoever believes in me. Meaning all people who trust in Christ for the right. righteousness. And so whoever believes in me will do greater works than I am. And what are the greater works? They're spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth that Jesus on this earth wasn't able to do. Uh, or it's not that he was not able, it's that he didn't well, he want. Didn't, he didn't it come for his, that purpose. Yeah. And so the greater works is is whoever believes in me is able to spread the gospel to spread the simple message of the gospel. It's not something that we have to have some kind of special gift for. Everybody, whoever believes in me, will be able to do greater works. Now, this may sound a little post-millennial, but hear me out. Uh, the church, in fact, did do greater works than Christ. Mm-hmm. Since the coming of Christ, the Christian church has educated more people than any other religion in this world, yeah. has fostered orphans and established orphanages and saved lives through medicine and established more hospitals than any religion ever could. They have allowed the opportunity through Calvinistic perspectives, the um, development of free markets that um, pushed billions of people out of, par- out of poverty. All in the backdrop of Christ and who he was. Mm. And so I would say that the establishment of the Christian church throughout the last 2,000 years, have impacted, you know, quite literally billions of people and have delivered billions of people out of poverty, uh, and they helped, you know, millions and uh, millions of orphans, and they have saved millions and millions of lives through all the hospitals and all the evangelistic missionary trips that occurred all throughout Asia, all throughout Africa. Like, Christianity and the West were the force that brought so many good blessings to the rest of the world. You know, some people will argue, well, you know, they also brought a lot of bad things and they colonized and they were imperialist. Yeah, that was that was all there. But the Christian message brought so much good to the world and they've done miraculous things and they've done amazing things for the prosperity of humanity. Yeah, all those bad things that happened, I don't think those people were having in mind like, all right, what is God's will for me in colonizing this nation? colonization wasn't that a a way to escape the the control of a of a sovereign like because they weren't able to practice the religion in the right way yeah well we can we can go down that road of imperialism obviously there was a different meaning of colonization when the whole there's uh, millions of miles that haven't been conquered yet it's just like free roam right out there and so uh, you know Christ did give the ability to his people to establish his church and grow it and develop it. And healing is a vital part of the Christian church. In fact, we should always pray for healing and trust that God will do what he wills. But uh, from scripture, I, I think we can conclude that God does allow and desire for people to depend on him through sicknesses that he purposely doesn't heal in order to accomplish his will um, from schizophrenia to depression to uh, you know cancer and covid and pneumonia and uh, cerebral palsy you can go down the list of diseases that literally um, you know destroy people's lives in the sense of the standard of living but through trusting in Christ, it gives people the ability to find out his beauty, his, his purposes, his plans, and, and joy in him alone. And that's what he cultivates in all Christians. 
you know, yeah. healthy or sick. Part of the God's will of allowing sickness in in this world has caused uh, Christians to create wonderful medicine. Like compared compared to what we've had, what people had to deal with back in the day, they didn't have Tylenol they could take for headaches, uh, medicine for people, women giving birth. Gangrene, literally. You, ch- I mean, you get you get a the wound in your leg, you got to chop it off because you're going to, you're going to die from bacterial infections, right? Now we have the ability of penicillin and antibiotics that were provided through medicine, which and is a, science. which is a form of healing, right? Yeah. Uh, not, well, it's not miraculous, supernatural yeah, healing, but is the natural consequence of people trusting in God's world and studying right. it in order to provide medicine. Yeah. Um, I think there's like, I, I with the healing ministries, I feel like uh, I don't know everyone's desires or intentions, but obviously there's people uh, like Benny Hinn who have made healing uh, kind of about centered around one person's ministry, one person, right? Benny Hinn. Yeah, it, it, uh, Benny Hinn is like the NFT market of today. Right, and because <laughs> he he wore obviously he he's not that popular anymore. He doesn't fill stadiums anymore. But when he was around, he would wear all white. He would have, like, the most beautiful singing. It would be, like, a long, long service. And uh, there the would be pl- lines of people trying to get right. in. And the whole... I see the problem is people are putting the emphasis on the supernatural or experience rather than trusting in God for when he wants to heal. I'm not talking about having like a lack of faith when you're praying obviously we should have faith when we're asking god for prayer like otherwise it's pointless i'm talking about people uh saying for example that the gospel is 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 not enough uh if if you're praying if you're preaching a gospel without miracles then you're pretty much preaching a false gospel that's what literally people are saying in certain charismatic circles they're saying that if you don't have this uh, we're supposed to have help people uh, go on the streets, right? We're supposed to uh, pray for them. And once they encounter God through a healing, then they'll be more susceptible to accept Christ. That is not true, though, right? Because, hey, Christ healed how many lepers? Was it nine? Ten. How many oh, came back? Yeah. One. One. And so healing does not guarantee a conversion of the heart Yeah. and the recognition of God's goodness and my ultimate satisfaction in Him, and my ultimate healing in heaven. Um, there, there needs to be a clear understanding, because life is difficult, and also there needs to be a clear understanding that we have hope, right? Life is difficult, and so things will be difficult and hard and painful and brutal, just like it is for everybody. But we also have hope that no one has, and that hope is that Christ can heal. And if he doesn't, he actually is in control of my current situation. He purposefully allowed me to be sick in whatever possible way I am sick. Mm -hmm. And he will bring me through it, even if I die from this. And it will all be purposeful, all meaningful. And he will have a specific purpose for that moment in my life and me dying from that sickness. That has to be a core concept of a Christian's life. Yeah. I I think... I can see the good intentions that people have if they have a healing ministry or 
if they just have a if they go around preaching at the end of the service they have people healed and stuff i don't see anything wrong with that but the problem is i have is a lot of times uh they'll post the right they'll post on their on their story or they'll post or amazing we had 20 uh 20 people come to jesus today and and 15 people got healed and it's like how how much is is that is that actually true? That's the thing that makes people skeptical, right? That that's the thing that breeds people disliking Christians because not not because that Christ himself isn't good and capable of healing, but that people claim things that happen to not be true, like in the cases that we mentioned in the beginning where people broke their glasses, you felt a you know, heat in your shoulder, and yet the next day in the next couple of days it disappeared, right? Yeah. That, that breeds resentment towards God, not because God is bad or God can't heal, but because people claim to the things for God that God never claimed to do, right? In the name of God, they do things yeah. that he did not desire them to accomplish. If, if we're Christians, we should have uh, like this desire to know the truth. And that is one of my problems is a lot of times the truth is not actuated or it's not it's mis it, people get misled when you say 20 people came to christ when it was just literally people that were already christians uh coming like doing like a uh rededication, rededication. yeah or the 15 people that got healed uh it was literally like they make it seem like it was so much like crazy miraculous when it was, it was person it was just like yeah, I feel a little bit better. Like my headache has gone away and like, praise God for that. But they make it, uh, it over central, uh, over, uh, what's sensational, Yeah. Sensationalize it. But also it dilutes the reality of real healings, right? Like if you, like we have in our political current climate today in the United States where, um, everyone is racist, racism stops being, a big deal, right? Everyone's racist. Same thing in the Christian world. If we have healings left and right, those people who are truly healed have a more difficult job of saying like, yeah, God legitimately healed me. And all these other people who um, had claims but then had to retract their statements of, of healing um, that dilutes the true yeah, works of God. It's it's, a, it's when people say, uh, you know, that we literally saw like miracles happen at our service today. You, you have to be more, a little bit, maybe more specific because obviously everything that God does, like giving you breath is miraculous, but it's not in the sense that we mean like, right? God suspended the laws of physics in, or the laws of medicine or the laws yeah. of actual, you know, life a, to actual, grant something that's, yeah, an actual sign and wonder. And that goes to people wanting like people being more hungry for God to do revival rather than like people being hungry for God to sanctify their life and for them to have to give up more time for God to yeah. give up more time to to reading and studying scripture or more time on their knees they they, they kind of it's like a fast food kind of Christianity almost. like I said get rich quick type of deal you know and the reality is that doesn't work God God tends to work in slow and, and specific and regular ways throughout history. 
you know, and people grew up in Christianity, they suffer, they die, they get healed, like, all aspects of that is true, but God wants steady faithfulness throughout all those things, regardless of your experience.